It is Tuesday, June 6th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. Who? Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. AJ Hoffman's back. That's right, baby. And VGK never left. <laughs> That's right. We'll get to the 7-2 win for the Knights coming up. But AJ, your trip, Texas. Well, thank you. How That's, was it? Uh, it was good, man. It was good. Good to, to get out of the desert for a minute. And, uh, and enjoy- into a hotter state. Uh, no, it actually wasn't hotter. I, it was hot, but it wasn't. I mean, I was laying on a river most of the day, so it wasn't uh, wasn't too bad. But I got some uh, some really good barbecue and uh, drank, you know, a couple beers. And uh, nice, you know, somehow I don't know how this happened. I went on vacation. I came back eight pounds heavier. So I think it's something about the air. Like it was I, or the, the two beers that you drank. It's something. I don't know what it was, but it's uh, you know, I, I, I got to get back on the uh, back on the grind out here. When we're talking barbecue. We go tri-tip, brisket, uh, brisket in Texas. Like you get judged on brisket. Okay. Like if you if you can't make brisket, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if you're really good at everything else. Like your your barbecue place is shit if you if you've got bad brisket. And then what? It, there's like aren't there different options when you order brisket? It's like moist, you get moist or, or lean. lean. Yeah. yeah. And always moist. Always moist. The always flavor. Moist. You want yeah. the flavor? Yeah. I always go like I get the two meat plate. Mm-hmm. So I'll go for like. Tri-tip and brisket, mm-hmm. or pulled pork and brisket. Pulled pork's a waste of time. Pulled pork's a waste of, waste time. of time. Sausage, I like. Uh, pork. I don't ribs, do the sausage. I like sausage too spicy for too you. spicy. Yeah. I don't do spicy. I yeah. do sweet. Yeah, pork, sweet barbecue. Pork ribs. Um, yeah, but it's uh, pulled pork. Like there's a, there was actually an article in Texas Monthly uh, this week or this. That's week. a made up paper. Earlier this week, it's like it's a ma- it's a magazine, yeah. but uh, they're the ones who ran the the barbecue tour. But their barbe- they have a barbecue editor, and he wrote what a, a job, made up position. What a job! He wrote a story that said uh, Texas style pulled pork is horrendous, and here's why. But like all all barbecue people in Texas are like, mm-hmm. oh, no one wants to eat this. It's not it's not okay. good. It's flavorless. Um, but they still have to make it because if you don't have it on your menu, people go, what you don't have pulled pork, baby. Stupid. All right. But that's the deal. Strat Vegas is now a food show. It is. In case you didn't know, uh, well, Mackenzie tweet, tweeted something out about a pizza argument that we uh, we can have as well. But, AJ, you also tweeted something out that I think people are going to find controversial, and that is airplane etiquette. It's, it's, what, what's it's your gone beef? downhill. What's your beef with airplane etiquette? I left something off this list as well, uh, which is if you are at the back of the plane – and you get up as soon as the plane lands, <laughs> you're an asshole. You're Grab like the bag, just waiting. Or like some just try to like cut the line. Yeah. Like people think that there's not a line. No, you just it's an orderly fashion. One one aisle or one row, then the next row, one row, next row. It's so let me tell you what I do. First off, I always get an aisle seat when I fly. Yes. I'm an aisle guy. You know, I, I extend my leg into the aisle, and then obviously they have to ask me. You get me, hammered with the car. Well, they ask me to move whenever they move the car by or people walk by. I always stick my leg. I need the leg room, right? Yeah. And sometimes I get the extra leg room, but we can't all fly like R.J. Bell. So I, I get the aisle so I can have a little extra leg room. And because then, you're like six foot six. Yeah, you know, right? Yeah. And then the guns, when, room for the guns. And then when the plane lands and people start standing up, I stay in my seat. Yes, that's what and you're then, supposed to do. And then when the two... If any, the two people next to me in the middle on the aisle, one, they get the idea. Yeah. You know, like. I'm not standing hey, up until it's my turn. Sit your ass down. There's a whole, there's 30 rows of people in front of us that have to get their shit and get off the plane before we us. We ain't going nowhere, Bubba. Yeah. Sit down. And then if they, if someone asks me, excuse me, can, can you get up, move so I can do, um, I'll say, I'll get your bag for you. Is it right here? I'll get it for you. And then I help them with their bag. But if they want to get in the aisle. And start standing in the aisle. I don't let him. No. You don't get through me. No. I'm the gatekeeper. You're the goalie. <laughs> I am the gatekeeper. Are you the key master? Because I'm the gatekeeper. No one gets by me. Good. Yeah. I like that. That's it. Maybe you've got some good airplane etiquette. I'll have to uh, I'll have to see. That, and if I owned an airline, I would just absolutely um, 
uh, eliminate overhead storage. Oh, really? Yeah. And you'd make everybody check everything? Check everything. You're allowed one carry-on that goes under your seat. Okay. That's it. I'm not opposed to that. You would save a half an hour boarding the plane and I, boarding the I plane agree with without that. overhead I storage. I do agree with that. Yeah. All right. But I had a list. That, that wasn't on my list. But I had a list of things that should be criminal on airplanes. And I, I stand by this list. I took a lot of con- – there's a lot of controversy. Namely, I'll start with the, the least controversial. No one complained about watching a movie without headphones. Like, you should – you should be shot for that. <laughs> like, if you're watching a television show on your iPad and you don't have you don't have headphones, what is wrong with you? Even if you try to keep the volume down, it, it's it, it's in, incredibly rude. You don't. Mm-hmm, do. mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. Open-toed shoes or taking your shoes off. Illegal. I think so too. Some people. There's no were, ventilation in an airplane. Some people were like, on a long flight. I'll take them off, but I never take my socks off. That's almost worse. Like, have you been on a plane? You've had those shoes on for eight hours? Yeah. And then you're like, now I'm going to take my shoes off, but not my socks. You're going to smell my socks, but I'm not. It, it's just not. And even if it's like a short flight and you're wearing flip-flops, mm-hmm. some people don't like to see toes. Yeah. Like it's not a, it's no. not, and some people have really gross feet. There should be a rule. Closed-toed shoes, tennis shoes or sneakers yeah. on the flight. Yep. But every, people now, everybody likes to wear pajamas. That's Listen, I was uh, Sebastian Maniscalco did a bit about this where he was talking about how back in the— Remember back in the day when you used to fly and— well, yeah, I, I was a terrible Maniscalco. I do so much better than that. I'm sorry, Sebastian. Uh, but he, he does a bit where he's like, back in the day, you used to like get dressed up to fly, right? Remember, people used to wear suits to yeah. go on airplanes. Oh, yeah. And now people are in their pajamas— in their pajamas. <laughs> They're flying in the pajamas. Who goes out of the house looking like I this? I don't know. <laughs> it's not for me. It doesn't bother me that much when people do it. I don't really care. Like, if you want to be that comfortable, okay. Uh, but that's it, that's not on the criminal list. But the shoes thing, I, I believe I believe in firmly. If you're not in the aisle seat, and you like, it says it on your ticket, okay? You know if you've got... Uh, a, B, or C. Yeah. Or if D, E, or F. Yeah. yeah. If you are C or D, good news. You've got an aisle seat. If you're A or F, you got a, you've window. Got a window. If you are A or F or B or, or E, for that matter, you need to use the restroom before you leave in the terminal. Mm-hmm. You've got one chance, one time during the flight that it's acceptable for you to get up and go use the restroom. You start making multiple trips. Now, listen, if you're talking about flying to Europe, it's a different conversation, okay? I'm talking in a, a domestic flight in the, within the United States. Longest, you're talking six hours. Six yeah, hours. Whatever. Yep. One time. One time. That's it? You get up once. That's it? I agree. You I, never get up. I never get up. I don't know. I mean, like, what's what's the big deal? Like, we're just waiting there bored. Just get up and move. What if trying to sleep? If yeah, yeah, that's true. If you know that you generally, if you know that you're a frequent bathroom user, get an aisle. Get an aisle seat. This isn't hard. I mean, I generally don't want to get up because that's the most awkward conversation ever. Of course, you know. So I try to avoid it. So I'm generally not getting up. But if I have the aisle seat, I'll get up four or five times for no reason. No, walk around, stretch my legs. I'm like I said, I'm the aisle. I'm the gatekeeper. As long as I don't have to ask anybody. (laughs) Exactly. That's why in I get fact, the aisles. In fact, I'll tell him. Because I will be the gay. We will sit down, and right before we take off, I'll say, either of you have to go to the bathroom? And McK- they say, no, why? And I'll go, because you ain't getting up. McKenzie's the, the gatekeeper also. His gate's just wide open yeah. all the time. He's like, come on in. My gate's open. Uh, freedom. I'm about freedom. The last two are the most controversial is what I found. And I, I will st- one is way more important to me than the other. I think reclining your seat on an airplane is about the most assholey thing you can do in this world. They have a button. It, they make it, it possible. There's a lot of shit that's possible. Can't that recline you, on takeoff or landing. You just don't do <laughs> out of courtesy. And as a tall person, you yeah. should realize this. The people who are most likely to recline on an airplane are not the biggest people. It's the small people. And you know who it affects the most? The big people sitting behind them. The big people. And it drives, like, that, whatever, I mean, those things lean back like two and a half inches, right? Right. <laughs> D- 
has anybody ever leaned back two and a half inches and go, that's ah, much better. That's <laughs> it, baby. The, what, glory. The, like, you're, like you've already made it to Mexico, to Cancun, and you're just laid back. Yeah. You want to know something? I forget to recline my seat. I never do it. You should never. I get on. I get on, and like I'm so like already invested in whatever movie or TV show I'm watching, and the and the the earbuds are in, and we take off because you have to have your seat upright yep. and, and the tray table stowed away. Uh, like small electronic devices can still be used, but in airplane mode. And <laughs> you want to know a secret? You can just leave that shit on. No one's ever gonna. It's never I gonna never, matter. I ever. never put it on airplane mode. <laughs> We just broke his, his worldview. I, I mean, but then the plane, then the plane can't fly. I don't believe in that. Like I, I tested I it tested one time it. and we landed just fine. I was like, this that was a racket. I mean, wow. <laughs> so thing I got from Radio Shacks in a flummox to seven forty seven. But that you're gonna mess with the radar. If you still right. get, a, if you've got your phone from Radio Shack, it may be like kind of a, a phone that could mess it up. I don't know. <laughs> but that two and a half inches is so much more important to the person behind you. Than it is to you, I That's promise you. Yes, that is what she said. Oh, way to go off the rails so, early in the morning. Me and my son both go got, go, both got reclined on on the way up here. Both, <laughs> but I'm six three, he's six four, and the people in front of us were like five six, five seven. It, it's it's unnecessary. It's terrible. And I know people are like, well, you can do it. I paid for my seat. Paid for my seat. I'm going to recline it. And that's okay. You are just a piece of shit human. And that, that's what just needs to be accepted here. They should just not have it be available. I agree with that Build completely. it in with a better I agree. situation. The last one was the most controversial, yes. I feel. Let's and I, I got the most pushback on this. I don't think you should take children under five years old on planes. Whoa. They don't know how to act. And you can't reason with them to make them act right. Like, they are unreasonable people. And I get it. Kids got to go somewhere. Take a bus. Take a train. <laughs> I don't know. After some, some deep reflection on this, I think the better thing to do would be to make, like when you used to go in a restaurant, they would say, smoking or non-smoking, sir. There needs to be kid flights, no kid flights. And I don't like the. Kid. What do you think about a kid section on the flight? Like, if you have a child, is it certain age? <laughs> are the kids going to be by themselves, or like do only parents have to sit in that? No, I mean, you, you, if you if you're flying with a child, you have to sit in the back of the airplane. The problem is the the things that they do that are terrible travel. <laughs> like you can hear it, and mm -hmm. or like, this is something that kids do. Like you know what I never do. I never open my bag of pretzels or Gardettos or whatever they've got and throw them. I never do that on an airplane. <laughs> you know who does that? Kids under five. Mm. They A handful of goldfish. I'm like, what? Did I just get hit with a goldfish? Yes, I did get hit with a goldfish. And there's some lady four rows behind me going, I'm sorry, you guys. I... I'm so sorry. <laughs> she never does this. That's a lie. She does this. Every time she fucking flies, which is why kids shouldn't be allowed on airplanes. And it like this would open up a whole new business of play. Like I, I got to get my dogs boarded. If I travel for a week, mm -hmm. board your kids, put a, you know, <laughs> like, do something with like, I don't know, put them on a train, put them on a bus. Don't put them on air or kid like friendly I said, flights. I really think there is an opening for an airline that says like the first airline, cause there's going to be pushback. Cause I, I felt a little bit of this. But the first airline that comes out and says, kids aren't allowed on our flights, I think people will fly them. I think people will support that. And there's going to be some people like, how dare you? Listen, we have. This isn't right. And you say, listen, every other airline you can fly. We have. Just not this one. Adult-only resorts. Yeah. We have adult, here in Las Vegas, we have adult-only hotels and casinos. Yep. And uh, maybe, yeah, if, if there's an airline out there that says, you know, adults only. Did maybe, you do a lot of flying before you fine. were five? It's funny. I was just thinking, no, my first flight was eight, and I did it by myself. I got those those wings from the pilot. Yep. Uh, my, fl my first <laughs> flight was uh, 19, and I got those wings, too. It was an amazing <laughs> moment, wasn't it? But you know what? When you're eight, you, exactly. got, a, you got a little sense in your Absolutely. head. Absolutely. You know better sure than to throw a handful five. of goldfish at someone. You don't, you don't do that. If you do it when you're eight, 
you're just you're already you a bad fly. person. You should be on the no-fly yeah, list. You, you should, you're a terrorist. What kind of markup would you pay? Because if they did this, they're going to lose some business. Would you pay five percent more, three percent more? I'd pay five percent more. I think I would too. But F-them why kids. should I pay? <laughs> you should have to pay more to travel with kids. Well, the I the idea that kids under two are free on airplanes is a fucking <laughs> atrocity. Because everybody's like it's inviting. There chaos. were people. There were people in my mention saying. This is the best time to fly with kids. They're free. And again, that goes back to it's just like the seat reclining. When people fly, when when terrible people fly, they only think of themselves. They don't think of anyone else. They don't think of that person behind them they're reclining on. They don't think of that person in the aisle they're going to ask to get up four times on a three-hour flight. They don't think of the, the person who has to see their toes. They don't think of those things. Be considerate. That's been our TED Talk. Well, now that AJ's back and we find out uh, how glorious his travel situation was, let's talk Stanley Cup final. The Vegas Golden Knights with a 7-2 route of the Panthers. VGK, VGK, Take a two-games-to-none series lead. They chase Sergei Bobrovsky after four goals in less than two periods. And it's the fifth. Never heard of him. It's the fifth time in their last 11 games that they have chased the starting goaltender from the game. This was uh, assault. Uh, mm-hmm. is what I, I watched an assault last night on television, and I, but you you've watched these teams all season long. I've watched like this was like my fifth hockey game of the season. Here's what I took from last night's game. Florida likes to uh, bully. Mm-hmm. They're just not very good at hockey, and they can't they. They count on their back end to cover up a lot of flaws. And VGK is just continuing to just move the puck well. And once they started punishing Bavrovsky, like mm-hmm. the, the style of play that the Panthers have is garbage. Like I, it's I think, just, it's not going to work. I think what you're seeing here is Sergey Bavrovsky coming back down to earth. Uh, coming into the Stanley Cup final, he had a goal saved above expected number that was. What we talked about, McKenzie, was like twice as much as the second best goaltender in this postseason. And they have been winning games because he has been absurdly good. To the point where prior to the Stanley Cup final, he was the favorite to win the Conn Smythe Trophy as the MVP of the playoffs, even though Vegas was favored to win the series. So if everything played out according to plan and you're like, wait a minute. Vegas wins the Stanley Cup, but Bobrovsky's the favorite to win the Smythe doesn't make sense. Well, going into the Stanley Cup final, it did. And yes, a losing player has won it. Uh, goalie specifically, uh, Jean-Sebastien Giguere, 2003 Ducks, won the Smythe on a losing effort. Seven games they lost that series in. And uh, he had a sub-two goals against average that entire postseason. It was incredible. Anyway, so Bobrovsky in game one, and he wasn't bad, but... He wasn't overwhelmingly good, and in this game, too, he was bad. And so Vegas, who has far exceeded expectations scoring-wise, has just continued to take advantage of opportunity after opportunity. And for a guy like Jonathan Marchessault, you want to talk about a run. He is now an overwhelming favorite to win the Conn Smythe. He's minus 105 to win the Conn Smythe. Two more goals last night. He now has 11 points on seven goals and four assists in the last seven games. He has goals in six of the last seven games, 12 goals in the past 12 games. Through the first seven games of this playoffs, he did not score a goal. You want to talk about getting hot at the right time? That's Jonathan Marchessault. And just like we talked about Aiden Hill and his odds have gone down. He's now plus 500 to win the Conn Smythe. He was plus 800 coming into the night last night. We talked about could he win this trophy? And I felt with his play, yes, he could. That's why I talked giving it out at 12 to 1. Mackenzie, do you remember when I said at 32 to mm-hmm. 1, I, I wanted to bet on Aiden Hill to win? The, and Scott talked me out of this bet, which. And I'm still I might get, lose with all the CLV in my pocket, but I could add a 32 to one. Yes, that's now five to one. But I will still talk you out of it because just like I told you back then, I will repeat it now. Vegas scores too much 
for the goaltender to be rewarded. Unless Aiden Hill pitches two shutouts in this series or Vegas wins a game two to one or even three to two in overtime, it's going to go to a skater. It's going to go to March Salt. It's going to go to Jack Eichel, somebody who is responsible for scoring because you look at the goals they have scored, seven goals last night, five goals in game one, six goals in the clinching game against the Stars. They they beat the Stars 6 nothing, And very few people talked about Aiden Hill having a shutout. Yeah. Instead, they talked about the six-goal barrage on offense. They score too much, and they win too convincingly for the goaltender to reap the, the to reap the rewards here. You may be right. And so unless in the next two wins for Vegas, Aiden Hill has the Vegas wins, like I said, 2-1, 2-0, 1-0, a 3-2 overtime win, a close game where he is the difference maker. It, it, it's going to go to someone like Walter well, Salter. I, I thought he was a, a difference maker last night. Uh, well, he was great in game one. The The first goal that got in was not his fault. It was <clears> terrible, <throat> terrible defensive yep. collapse right in front of him. The second goal that got in was a power play, power, power easy for me to say goal. Uh, and I thought he was phenomenal, but you're right. It, no one, no one was, no one's talking about him today. He's been, look, he had 33 saves in game one. He had 29 saves last night in game two. He has been incredible. And yes, that's the reason why his odds have gone down from 12 to one to eight to one to now five to one. And if they win another game, it'll probably go down to three to one. But who else has been incredible? And that's Jonathan Marchessault. Like I said, with the uh, goals that he has been scoring, two goals last night, Vegas scores seven goals. He has two of them. He also has an assist. And now you look at the odds. He is minus 105 to win the Smythe. Jack Eichel is plus 425 as the second favorite. And that was the other big moment in last night's game was Jack Eichel getting absolutely beheaded. Which can we can we talk about it for a second and by and, Matthew and, and, and and this is not and there's no anti Vegas or pro Vegas well there's a pro Vegas lean here obviously but there's no like anti what? right there's Who? no there's no anti Vegas here in this statement. Kachuk getting a game misconduct there is an absolute joke. It's a clean hit. Clean hit. Uh, shoulder and, to shoulder. And if anything and Eichel, Eichel tri- diving into it or whatever. I don't know if he tried to stop or tried to yeah, just absorb skate, the hit differently. His skate got stuck in the ice, and he fell forward. I think it was on purpose. I think he was trying to change the way he was going to yeah, absorb the hit. Yeah, he was trying to avoid the hit, and it wound up being an awkward fall. And it was a hard hit, but, yeah. it, was, but it was clean. What was he supposed to do different? Yeah, I mean, it, it was a, a clean play. I, like, I, I had no problem with it. I thought – I. I knew that I didn't mind the uh, the tussle after because it's a nasty hit. Oh, I agree. That's, but, I mean, yeah, you should be fighting after that. I, I didn't think a game misconduct was warranted no, there either. Not so. at all. Um, and it's it's just been. I do think though, when the game starts to get, what was the score at that point? Was four it zero. Four, to mm-hmm. four zero. Like you worry a little bit that if you let stuff like, I mean, anything like that fly, refs even if it is a clean to, hit. Yeah, refs were trying to. They're just like saying, "Hey, yeah. we're not going to have any nonsense here." Mm-hmm. But like. Educate me on hockey. Like, I see that it seems like every other check is just a really good one. I thought that was a clean hit. I had not, yeah, I had like not even a penalty, that. right? Right. And the the way they call it made it seem like he didn't have the puck, but he had the puck. Yeah, he was dribbling. Like, it so, yeah, I, I, I didn't agree with the uh, the call there, even though, I, you know, I didn't mind it. I, did, I didn't yeah, agree with it. Yeah, go Knights. And, you know, Kachuk came back later and, and scored a goal, so it was not all was lost for mm-hmm. him. And maybe I honestly think that hit gave – Florida, a little bit of momentum. You know, they came out and scored basically instantly to start the third period. Yep. Um, so maybe maybe it was a good play by the Panthers anyway, even to take that penalty and lose your best player for 10 minutes. 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was the right call because I, I do think it lit a little bit, little bit of a fire under them. Of course, at the end, it didn't matter. It was, it was too far gone at that point. Yep. And so now we take a look at where we're at for game number three, which is the first game in Florida. Panthers, minus 120 favorites. That's absurd. And the total has risen because both game one and game two have gone over. What are we looking at? We're looking at six now. Six flat, minus 110. What's Vegas plus a goal and a half? Uh, Minus minus, 250. Yeah. Oh, no. I think I'll just take take Vegas to win, and I'll take the over. I I, I really think Vegas is just – like, Florida is a physical team, and I don't think they're very good at hockey. And I I think that – 
they Vegas is just playing the best right now. They're playing hot hockey, if you can call it that. But I, like someone was saying at the, uh, the where I was watching the game, said, I, I don't remember seeing a goalie get yanked this quick. I said, they did it to uh, Ottinger five? It, like seven minutes into the game. He was going, it was three to nothing. They beat it, bro. You're out. Five times in the last 11 games, they have chased the starting goaltender. It doesn't matter who it is. They, I'll say this. Um, if Florida's best chance to show up in this series was last night. Down one game to none. They had won every game two they've played this postseason. They've won. They're 3-0 in game two up until last night. And for Bavrovsky to be as bad as he was, for them to be as flat as they were, uh, it's just unacceptable. Now, could we get the bounce back from Bavrovsky? Sure. We've seen it happen to Vegas already, right? Every time that um, Jake Ottinger got pulled in that Stars series, yep. series, he responded with a very with a great performance in the following game. So maybe Bavrovsky comes back on home ice and has a rebound. But I do think this series is over. Of the teams to go two and zero, and on home ice in the Stanley Cup Final, I believe it's ninety three percent have gone on to win the the cup. It's I think it's thirty eight out of forty one. Does that math check out for ninety ninety one percent? That'd be ninety three. Yep, ninety three percent. Yeah. So that's what it is of the teams that go ahead two and zero, winning the first two games at home and, in the Stanley Cup Final. And it's one thing if these games were. Five to four, three to two. It's a plus eight goal differential. Mm-hmm. There's no there's no question right now who the better hockey team is. Panthers and have now been outscored in these playoffs. That's crazy. And and the idea that well, if you've got a hot goalie, it's it's you're never out of it. And Florida's gone a long way with just that. Well, it doesn't seem like their hot goalie matters right now. Mm-hmm. And oh, by the way, Vegas also has a hot goalie. Yes, they got a guy who wasn't even the this full time starter coming into the playoffs, and now they're talking about long term extensions. Like, it, it feels like Vegas is is just rolling in this series. I, I, it's it's hard for me to find a reason to play the Panthers here. Like you said, I I think last night if they were really going to show some life, mm-hmm. that would have been the time to do it. And not only did he not show life, they looked worse than they did yeah. in Game One. Yeah, I would agree. I think if you do like Florida, um, play the under. Because I think that's how Florida has to win the game, yeah, is by keeping it low scoring and by Bobrovsky, you know, g- g- reverting back to being the as uh, above average as he has been this postseason. You, you, you saw this in the NBA series, like the team that is supposed to get run over, the the eight seed, the the phony mm-hmm. team that shouldn't even be in the finals, gets blitzed in game one. Game two, they respond. They respond. If they if they're gonna respond, they're that's gonna when respond, they do it. That's when they respond. The Heat did it. The Panthers did mm-hmm. not. Listen, I, I played the Panthers last night. I fully expected the response. I, I, we've seen it all postseason. And How far into the game did you go? Nope. Seven, two nothing. Seven minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the, the the power play goal by Mark Gasol. I'm like, first well, goal. It's like, well, that's here that. we go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it was just floodgates after that. So yep. I, I'm not. I don't think we should start planning the parade here yet, but it it feels like a uh, a lopsided series to me. Speaking of parades on Twitter last night, there's been a also I hate parades. Yeah, there's been uh, there's nothing wrong with them. No uh, kids, no parades. You want to know a funny know. story? Um, I agree. A fu- funny agree. story with championship parades. 2009, Yankees win the World Series, and for the Yankees World Series parade, I was producing a radio broadcast live from City Hall. We were broadcasting live from the Yankee parade or where the conclusion of the parade would be when they do the whole presentation and all that stuff. So uh, I had to, uh, we were were doing stuff in the studio first and then I had to get to City Hall. So we take the subway, we get out. Now all the streets are blocked. I can't get to where I need to go to to set up for this remote broadcast. Why? Because of fucking parades. That's yes. why. So, but the parade. <laughs> so I hate them. But the parade like hadn't like the parade didn't get to that part of the city yet, right? It doesn't matter. You already got so, streets blocked off. That's the worst. I go up to a police officer who's at the barrier, and it's me and and, and another coworker of mine, and we explain, hey, you know, we work for this network, this, this radio network, and no. We, we work for this radio network, and we have to get to City Hall. Here's our press passes. Like we have to get through. And I was like, can you just let us, like, cross over? And he goes, oh, you're never going to get 
you know, you're never going to get there going that way. And we're like, so what do you, what do you want us to do? And he goes, well, just walk along like the, the streets here. And like, that's like the parade route. So I'm like, around the I'm like, walks are packed. So I'm like, okay. So he removes the, the, the barrier. And now there's thousands of people lined up in the streets for the Yankees World Series parade. And here's moron Scott walking down the empty road, the parade route, as if like I'm walking the parade. So I'm looking around and all of a sudden I'm just like, doing the, doing the oh, parade so. wave to people. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, who are you? <laughs> you know, Backup catcher. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Bullpen catcher, yeah. So I can tell people I walked in the Yankees World Series parade in 2009. Yeah. Because yeah. I did. I walked. Do you get a ring for that? I walked the parade route. Should have. No, but, uh, you know, broadcasters get rings. So I did get to wear Michael Kay's oh, nice. uh, World Series ring. I do have a photo of that. So I have a photo of the ring being on my finger, but no, it is not my. It was not mine to keep. I mean, you did keep it because you pocketed it and gave him a replacement back, but that's fine. No, I mean that would have been a great plan, but no, <laughs> no, 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 no. But it, it, I still have a picture, and I can just pretend like I have one because, you know, if anybody, who's gonna who's gonna challenge me on that? <laughs> right? It's in a safe. It's in a safety deposit box. Yeah, I'm not gonna what show am, it to what you. Am I gonna do break it out at a party? Yeah, what, I, I, I gotta show it to you. Yeah. Come on, I got a picture of it. So it's all all it matters. So, bringing it full circle. Bringing it full circle. Not looking forward to the parade here, but it's What happening. I wanted to say was people on Twitter were asking, like, already they're getting ahead of themselves. Like, where's the parade going to be? Like, if if Vegas wins the, the championship, wh- where's the parade going to be? Like, is there has there ever been a parade? Like, uh, a- hello, ever heard of the Las Vegas Aces? Well, that's what happened. So then there was uh, not an uproar, but um, I think an, they up, did- an upright, not an uprising. I guess they rose up, like the, the the Aces and Aces fans and whatever were tweeting out photos from the Aces championship parade saying, uh, yeah, been there, done that. They did yeah. it downtown, right? No, they, there was a parade. It was it was actually it was just like down through, the strip or whatever, right? No, it was just through no. the MGM, like through the lobby. Uh, and like it went around <laughs> it went around the ring no, and back out no, the door. No, you know what they did? They went they they did the lazy river at Mandalay Bay. <laughs> <laughs> they went in the tubes in the lazy so river what, at Mandalay Bay. I mean, we're getting ahead of ourselves. What do you think the percentage chance is that the Knights, according to the odds, win the Stanley Cup? I think uh I think it's a very good chance. I, I don't see them losing. Ninety percent? Uh eighty five? No. Eighty two percent. I was about to say if you think it's ninety percent, you gotta hammer the, the knights now. Um I do think it's yeah, it's per, it's I would say like eighty five percent. Eighty two percent. Eighty two is the number. 82, yeah. yeah. Um what are they, minus five hundred? Minus five hundred plus four thirty. Yeah, that makes sense. Um I can't wait for the parade. It'd be great. What do you th- where do you think that I think I'm not counting my chickens, man. There's an eighteen percent chance. Yeah, it's true. It'll look ridiculous. That's true. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though, if you like Florida in game number three, bet the under because that's a correlation where Florida has to win. It has to be low score. That makes sense to me. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. How's your social battery right now, AJ? I know sometimes I get drained and it could be easy to ignore your social battery and just spread yourself too thin, you know, especially when it comes to social gatherings and maybe just things you're not in the mood for. Well, do you know the right amount of socializing you need to do to keep yourself balanced? Therapy can give you that self-awareness and you can build basically your routine that reflects what you need personally. Everybody's different in this way. That was a big driver for me when I was in therapy. I got a lot out of it and it's so easy here Give BetterHelp a try if you've said, I don't want to go out of my way to do this. It's all online. It's as convenient as can be, and it's suited to you. It's simple. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Vegas today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Vegas. AJ, It's important to me that the supplements that I take every single day are of the highest quality. And that's why ever since they jumped aboard as a sponsor with us, I've been drinking AG1. Because for AG1, quality isn't just a buzzword. AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality. And I love that every scoop has prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes for my gut support, vitamins for energy. It's got the magnesium and ashwagandha for stress support, also testosterone support, vitamin C and zinc to support my immune system. I don't get sick anymore. Well, you're welcome for introducing you to AG1. Yeah, but uh, I mean, this stuff is incredible. And so many people have asked me, 
Are you just reading commercials? No, man. AG1 is actually legit. And there's a reason why I drink it every single day. It just makes taking care of my health so much easier in general. So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com slash SOV. That's drinkag1.com slash SOV. Check it out. Let's talk Major League Baseball and set up the schedule here for Tuesday. But first, looking back to last night, AJ, um, Jose Altuve was not in the lineup for the Astros, but I was still all over this team against Alec Manoa, who is absolutely a shell of himself. The Blue Jays have now lost the last seven times Alec Manoa has stepped foot on the mound. And at home this year, he has a 6.83 ERA. Oof. It's actually worse than that. I'm sorry, because that, that's not updating last night. Last night, he only got one out. Yeah. How, he got six runs. How does this regression happen from one year? Like, a year ago, he was one of the best players, one of the best pitchers in baseball. Yep. And now we're here. I mean, is it? I, the the innings uptick he went for I mean he had a pretty massive jump in innings last year uh do you think do you think it had some sort of an effect on him what what do you think causes a, a disaster like this um well I feel like it's a guy who huh. did he get paid did he get a- yeah I, I was about to say that he signed a one-year deal and you would think that that would mean like he's pitching for his yeah. you know next contract or whatever but i also feel like he showed up this year i don't want to call it out of shape cuz he is a big guy but he looks fat like he he, look he, fat. he looks heavy yeah and he doesn't have the same movement on his pitches you could maybe attribute that to a crackdown on sticky stuff you know mm. I think the pitch clock is also messing with him. He was a guy who uh, liked to take his time on the mound. As fat guys often do. As fat guys. And you know what? I speak from experience before anybody gets mad. I know you're like half joking there, but there is something to that. You're a heavier set guy. It might take an extra beat for you to catch your breath. And if he is trying to rush himself, He's not having the same amount of energy behind every one of his throws, leading to decreased velocity, decreased spin rate, and he's just getting roughed up. Yep. It's been a it's been a horrific season. The Astros score six runs in the top of the first inning. They beat the Blue Jays eleven to four. Manoa now uh, uh, another loss, a six point three six ERA on the season. He's one and seven, and as I mentioned, the last seven starts for him. Uh, have all been losses for the Blue Jays. Another team that is, you know, not going in the right direction, a team that, wow, I mean, I was so high on them. They had played so well, and Fez and I were talking about betting them. I told you guys. And now they have just, it's been really, really bad stretch for the Cardinals once again. Yeah, and Uh, this is like, I don't believe... That manager, like I, I think a football. I think coach they should is fire all for normal. I think they have to. They have to. I think a football coach is really important. I think basketball coaches are pretty important. Mm-hmm. I think baseball managers, like, you essentially fill out a lineup. And I don't mean to like discredit it, but it's not that hard. And if you look at the Cardinals lineup, could their pitching be better? Sure. But when you look at their bats, it's like, no, you you should be you. You're a good team. You have good players. If you have good players in baseball, mm-hmm. you should be good. Yep. If you don't have good players, like if, like Oakland, you should be bad. Yeah. Like, can you imagine if the A's had the lineup to put out there every night that the Cardinals do? Uh, it's it's absurd because the underlying stats are like good for the Cardinals, but they go through these stretches like the uh, Sunday, Cardinals against the left-handed pitcher in Richo, the Cardinals by all. The Offense, oldest player in baseball. Yeah. By all offensive categories, they're a top five offense against left-handed pitchers. Top four, 
you know, weighted runs created, on base percentage, a hard hit rate. They mash lefties. So they hammered Richie, And it right? makes sense, right? Nolan Arenado, Paul Goldschmidt, yep. two of the best hitters in the league, right? They mash lefties. They made Rich Hill look like Sandy Koufax. It's crazy. I mean, they couldn't touch Rich Hill. And they lose the game 2-1 to one to the Pirates. They get swept. And then coming into yesterday's game, they were facing another lefty in Martin Perez. And you know what? There were people out there that were saying, man, they forgot about the Cardinals. Look at their underlying numbers against lefties. And I know the Rangers are good, but this, this line's a little fishy that it's not as high as it should be. Maybe, you know, maybe, maybe the Cardinals are the play. And I said on the podcast last night, I, I, can't, I lost all faith. I've lost all faith in the Cardinals. If, if I couldn't trust them against Rich Hill, I certainly am not trusting them against Martin Perez. Perez goes out there, throws seven innings of three-hit ball. Cardinals do score off the bullpen because, you know, they, they made it interesting, but they get walked off. Rangers win 4-3. That's another thing. The back end of the, the, the bullpen's just been letting them down. Um, it's, I do think that Marmol has to go. This team, Marmol, goal. Marmol has to go. This team is way too talented to be as bad as they are this season. And which, like, which streak is the true Cardinals team? Are they the team that has gone on now two massive losing streaks? I'm not talking about in a row, but, you know, losing like 8 yeah. of 11 or whatever. Or are they the team that went on a surge and won, you know, 10 of 12 and, and started to turn things around to the point where I'm telling everybody to bet the Cardinals to win the division? I think the answer is easy. They're the team that is – we're now – over a third of the way through the season, and they have the worst record in the National League. Good teams don't do that. Mm -hmm. Good teams don't start out 25 and 35. They don't. It, it, like good, th good teams might start out 10 and 15. By yep. now, teams have started to figure out what they are. Like, they're, they have, they're 25 and 36. The Washington Nationals are 25 and 34. Yeah. And... But the thing is, though, the Nationals have a minus 37 run differential, and the Cardinals are still sitting here at plus two. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, and it's not like, it's the, oh, the division's so good. Like, you look at the, you look at the, the Red not. Sox in last place, and it's like, man, they're 30 and 30, and they're in last place. Like, yeah, that's because the Rays, Orioles, and Yankees are good. But everyone in the National League Central stinks. There might be one team that finishes with a winning record in that division. I mean, there could be none, but I would imagine. I, I could see one. I could I see think, maybe two. Well, I, I think. 84 wins wins the division. I, I agree. 80, you know, 84 wins, you win the division. And I still think the Cardinals can win this thing. They're eight games out. It's not like it can't be done. There's still plenty of baseball left. But uh, I, I think that if I'm Cardinals management, I'm getting rid of the manager. I think something has to be done. This well, team needs to change things around. They better start tonight. Yeah. Well, let's take a look at the schedule for tonight in Major League Baseball. And, yes, we'll start with those Cardinals at the Rangers. Texas is minus 155. Dane Dunning. It's Dane Dunning night. Uh, he is on the hill with his 4-1 record, 2.06 ERA. Matt Libertor gets to start for the Cardinals. Total in that one is 9.5. Tigers are at the Phillies. Taiwan Walker on the hill for the Phillies, who are minus 210 uh, going up against Tyler Alexander. And the Detroit Tigers. Royals are at the Marlins. Zach Greinke, a 1-5 record, 4.19 ERA for the Royals. Miami is minus 160. Jesus Lazardo goes for Miami. The Marlins have won four straight games. And Luis Arise is batting 399. That is unbelievable. This is a guy who— This late into the season. Yeah, that's th incredible. This is a guy who uh, was the American League batting champ. He's the Twins. You look at Luis Arise— do you think he can finish the year batting 400? No. But, I mean, but just because it doesn't happen. Like, I, 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 Ichiro couldn't do it. Like, it's it, they're guys who are maybe the best hitters I've ever seen. Barry Bonds didn't do it. Like, it, it just doesn't happen. If he was at 430, the argument would be maybe he's going to regress. Yes. Maybe he'll get lucky, but mm -hmm. he's already below the mark. So. Yeah, like, it's already – it's incredible that he's hitting 399. Yeah. The fact that we're even having a discussion is awesome. I, I would bet a good amount that the, he does not finish at 400. So he's the first player, uh, or he could become the first player, should he continue this uh, path that he's on. He could become the first player since 1900 
to be the batting champ in the American League and National League in back-to-back seasons. That's wild. Because he was the batting champ with the Twins. He got traded, part of the Pablo Lopez, Pablo Lopez trade. Probably doesn't happen uh, on d- different yeah. teams very often, much less leagues. Yes. So, uh, obviously, Ted Williams. Obviously, I say it like everyone should know Ted Williams is the last player to bat 400 in Major League Baseball. Um, obviously. You should know that. If you're a baseball fan, you should know it was Ted Williams. And if All you right. didn't, I'm educating you. Ted Williams batted 400. All right, who's the guy from 1899 to 1901 to do it in first the American League and then the National League? Uh, I don't know. Tom O'Leary, Jack Johnson. <laughs> I could just say some random name. Old school boxers. Jesse Bucket, I guess. Jesse yeah. Burkett. Oh, that guy kicked the bucket. Um, <laughs> t- so Ted Williams, 1941, batted 406. Nicknamed the Crab, by the way. That's here's, a good nickname. Here's the highest batting average through a team's first 61 games. Tony Gwynn's going to be on this list. He has and this is based uh, on current qualification rules, and it's since 1941. It, okay. It was at, what, 94, Tony Gwynn? Mm, Tony Gwynn, 97, batted oh, okay. 405 through 61 games. So Luis Arise is at 399. Uh, Roberto Alomar also in 1996 was at 399. Ted Williams in 1941, when he batted 406, at this point in the season, he was batting 403. Okay. <laughs> Tony Gwynn in 97, I said 405. Ted Williams in 1948 was batting 407 through 61 games. Stan Musial in 1948 batted 408. Rod Carew in 83, 411. Paul O'Neill in 1994 batted 411 through 61 games. Wow. Larry Walker in 1997. Boy, imagine Larry Walker and Tony Gwynn in 97. Uh, Larry Walker, 416 batting average through 61 games. Rocky Mountain Air doesn't count. Uh, some people would say that. <laughs> And in 2008, Chipper Jones was batting 418. Wow. What did he finish with? 61 games. Look that up, Mackenzie. 2008, Chipper Jones, what did he finish with? Yeah, 1994. Obviously, it wasn't 400. (laughs) That was Tony Gwynn, 94. That's the year I remember. He hit 394. 97, he Well, that was the strike-shortened year, and everyone was saying that that was going to be the year that well, that's why that I he assumed, was surpass it. you know, it was because it was strike-shortened. But I don't think that counts for qualification for this. He played 110 games. Uh, I don't know. Well, maybe well, not. Chipper so, Jones, uh, 2008, 364. Finish. 364, wow. That's wild. And yep. Tony Gwynn in 97, 372. Yeah. Bad at 405, 405 through the first 61 games. That's why I say nay. Not going to happen. To Luisa Rice. Okay. Good luck, though. It's cool. It's very cool. So 399, that, that's awesome for him. Uh, twins are at the Rays. Louis Varlin gets a start for the Twins. Zach Eflin goes for the Rays. Tampa Ooh, Bay's minus 178. Total is eight in that one. Eflin seven and one this year with a three point three ERA. I, I'd look at an under in that game. So I, I like I. both those pitchers. Uh, Diamondbacks are at the Nationals. Uh, Tommy Henry goes for Arizona. They're minus one fifty five. Jake Irvin goes for the Nats. White Sox at the Yankees. Lucas Giolito against Clark Schmidt and Uh-oh. Clark Schmidt and the Yankees minus one seventy eight. AJ, give me the total eight and a half. Let's go over. Clark over. Schmidt day. They Here's bucked what, me a couple weeks yeah, ago. but I do like this over because, yes, I do think Clark Schmidt gets hit. But also, this Yankee offense now. They're finding a groove. They are healthy. Clark Jar- Schmidt with the Yankees, great combo mm-hmm. for overs. So, uh, Yankees took two of three from the Dodgers over the weekend. Anthony Volpe's hitting home runs. But the Yankees welcomed back Aaron Judge. I mean, not Aaron Judge. Uh, Aaron Judge got hurt. But um, Giancarlo Stanton's back in the lineup. Josh Donaldson's back in the lineup. Tommy Canley's back in the bullpen. This Yankee team getting healthy. Will there be a parade in New York if Anthony Volpe goes over 200? Gets over batting. Gets his batting average over 200. Quite possibly. Uh, <laughs> this is the only downside to betting White Sox overs is they suck at hitting. Yeah. So uh, that's that's not always fun. But it's Clark Schmidt Day. It is uh, Clark Schmidt Day. That does help. The A's are at the Pirates. A's almost won last night, but they didn't. They didn't. Uh, the A's are at the Pirates. James Caprillion goes for the A's. Mitch Keller goes for the Pirates. Pittsburgh's minus 250. Oh. And this is, I know, 250 is crazy. That's crazy. I think pitch, Keller's like, what, 7 and 1 or something? Yeah, Keller's 7 and 1. Caprillion's 0 and 6 with an 8.12 ERA. Minus 250 is still an absurd number on that Pittsburgh team. There's no way. Yeah, I, I would lay the juice on Pittsburgh first five run line. Okay. Like minus a half a run. I'll tell you what it is now. I'm going to guess it's minus 160. Actually, it's probably higher than that. It's probably like minus 190. Uh, let me look at it right now. Pittsburgh, first five, minus a half a run, minus 155. Lock it in right now. Okay. Like literally, go like type. <laughs> okay. Go, lock it in right now. Pittsburgh, first five, minus a half a run, minus 155. Boom. Book it. 
Take it to the bank. Astros are at the Blue Jays. Uh, Kevin Gosman gets a start for Toronto. Hunter Brown for the Astros. Red Sox at the Guardians. James Paxton goes for the Red Sox. It's Shane Bieber day for Cleveland. Cleveland is minus 120. Low total, 7.5, obviously, because it's Shane Bieber and because Cleveland can't hit. I was going to say, Clark Schmidt and Shane Bieber are like the opposites of each other. A bad pitcher on a good hitting team. Good pitcher on a bad hitting team. Bad hitting team. That's a pretty good under as well. Dodgers are at the Reds. Tony Gonsolin. 3-1 3-1 and one with a 177 ERA goes for the Dodgers. L.A.'s minus 195. Luke Weaver gets the start for the Reds. The Mets are at the Braves. Carlos Carrasco on the hill for New York. Atlanta will send Bryce Elder to the mound. Bryce Elder 3-0 with a 1.92 ERA. What's amazing is that in all of his starts, he has gone at least five innings. Okay? He has allowed 14 earned runs. In 65 and two-thirds innings this season. He has a 1.92 ERA. He has made nine starts this season. I'm sorry, 11 starts this season. He's only 3-0. That's crazy. He's had eight no decisions. Eight no decisions? You are pitching to a 1.92 ERA and a 1.16 whip in 11 starts, and you only have three wins. At least he has no losses, but like eight no decisions? You want to talk about the bullpen screwing things up for you? Like, wow, that is bad. That's like Jacob deGrom level bad. By the way, Jacob deGrom, 60-day IL. Not like we saw that coming or anything. Moving on, the Orioles take on the Brewers. Uh, Kyle Gibson goes for the Orioles. Freddie Peralta for Milwaukee. Milwaukee's minus 125. Talked about the Cardinals and the Rangers. The Giants are at the Rockies. Uh, Brebbia goes for the Giants. Danielson Lamette for the Rockies. San Francisco is minus 140. High total of 12. They're in Coors Field. Cubbies are at the Angels. Hayden Wesneski gets the start for the Cubs. Tyler Anderson goes for L.A. L.A.'s minus 135. And the Mariners at the Padres. Logan Gilbert against Joe Musgrove. San Diego minus 135. So the big story in the world of sports betting is the NFL's investigation of Isaiah Rogers, Colts cornerback slash kick returner. Uh, for potentially violating the league's policy when it comes to betting on the NFL. And most of his bets, small bets, looks like 100 bets or so. Uh, When you say small bets, like what are you saying? $25 to $50. Not enough to fix an NFL game. I think that's a a fair place to put it. But you know what that tells me? I think he was doing some same game parlays. You, th- you think so? Twenty five to fifty bucks. I mean, that's 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 parlay range right Maybe there. Maybe so. Even if it's a hundred to one, it's like a, a hundredth of his game check. Yeah, I mean, it's I, not anything. It, Twenty five to win ten grand on. I mean, will there be a kick return for a touchdown this game? Twenty five bucks. He's the kick returner. I, he's how, just gonna opt to do it. Yeah. What, what's the, what's what the no pay? Like, yeah. Twenty-five um, to win twenty-five cents. So he he posted on Instagram, said addressing the current reports. I want to take full responsibility for my actions. I know I have made mistakes. I'm willing to do whatever it takes to repair the situation. The last thing I ever wanted to do was to be a distraction to the Colts organization, my coaches, and my teammates. I've let people down that I care about. I made an error in judgment, and I'm going to work hard to make sure that those mistakes are rectified through this process. It's an honor to play in the NFL, and I've never taken that lightly. I'm very sorry for all of this. Now, here is seemingly the biggest difference between what Isaiah Rogers is accused of doing or being investigated for doing and what Calvin Ridley did. Isaiah Rogers apparently was betting on his own team, Mm. which – I've always thought betting on your team doesn't seem like there's anything wrong with that. Like the goal should always like yeah, betting against your team is. The don't issue. we want to assume that the Colts go out and try to win every game? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I mean, they rarely succeeded last year, but they tried. I think if you're betting on your team to win, I feel like okay, like you you were going to go out there and give it your best. Uh, but that's what he's being accused of, which I think makes the crime a little more ugly. Or a little a little uglier to deal with for the NFL. 
in their eyes. I, I'm not. I'm not saying in my eyes. If Calvin Ridley suspended for a year, what happens when you bet on your own games? After the Calvin Ridley examples already been thrown out there, everybody, the year. everybody saw Calvin Ridley. I think it's a, it's a year with like you have to meet with the commissioner before you can be reinstated. One of those type of deals. So his, it, I mean, Ridley got a year. Yeah, but I think Ridley was also traded and then now is reinstated. Like I feel like it. it there's, but do you don't think the punishment's higher when you bet on your own games? Yeah, I think that. Uh, I mean, yes, I do. I think he's going to be out indefinitely, and maybe they're not. They're, they don't say a year, like just out okay. indefinitely. Yeah, like you're suspended until like we say you can come back. Yeah, or like you have to file for reinstatement, and then after, like maybe after a year, he can file. Then they're going to say no. And then like after a year and a half, he can file again, and they could say maybe yeah. something like that. But you know what? This this also like goes to show you is that. The widespread legalization of sports betting has led to um, more monitoring, right? Because they're picking up on these, whether it's betting um, inconsistencies or links to professional athletes. So, yeah, we've had a bunch of players suspended in the NFL, and I think that this is just a good job done by whoever is monitoring all of this. So I think that – I don't think that – this is a negative report that we see. Like, I don't take this as a negative when I see a report like this and say, oh, man, the NFL's got a problem. Or, oh, wow, these players, are, this is a big issue with players gambling on their own sport. No, I think I take this as a positive. I say, wow, you know what? System's working because they're finding out all these things. Yeah. And that's a good job because they want to crack down on all of it. Like, I have accounts that I would be surprised if the NFL could find out about. Like, how do they know about this? Like, The NFL's got really good security personnel. They're working hard, are, man. Like, like, they have private investigators. They have, like, former government agents that are now, like, private investigators. Not private investigators. That are investigators for them. Like, these leagues have people. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's, there's a book. Um, oh, man. It's a it's in it's a it's a, a baseball book. Um, I gotta find. I forgot the name of it, but it's a book about like Major League Baseball's like investigators and like what they. Oh, baseball cop. That's what it is. Eddie Dominguez. Um, Eddie Dominguez was a uh, I guess like a guy that you know was part of like Major League Baseball's investigative department as a former police officer and it basically like goes into all the stuff that major league baseball had done to investigate whether it's performance enhancing drugs um human trafficking this sounds uh, like a book that baseball wasn't thrilled about no yeah no yeah. absolutely not <laughs> the yeah. dark side of americans past yeah, yeah literally so um here it says here uh here i'll, I'll read this uh, synopsis in baseball cop dominguez shares the shocking revelations he confronted every day for six years with the doi and nine as an rsa meaning doi is the department of investigations uh, rsa resident security agent for the red sox uh which he worked for uh, he shines a light on the inner workings of the commissioner's office and the complicity of baseball's bosses in dealing with the misdeeds and compromising the integrity of the game. Dominguez details the investigations and the obstacles from the biogenesis scandal to the perilous trafficking of Cuban players now populating the game to the theft of prospects signing bonuses by street agents and even club employees. He further reveals how the mandates of former Senator George Mitchell's report were modified or ignored altogether. Bottom line, these leagues have people that will find anything out. Yeah. So, AJ? Now I know. They, they know about the accounts. They, they, they know. know about your they accounts. Know. Why don't okay? you think you were at the Houston Texans practice facility that, after a while? That's exactly why. They know <laughs> about your accounts. Speaking of A.J. Hoffman, we are running a promotion right now at pregame.com for Mr. Hoffman, our UFC expert. You can go on the website right now, pregame.com. First off, sign up if you haven't done so already because it's free. And when you sign up, you just get $25. We just give it to you. Like, don't think about it. Just hand it over. We give you $25 to use on the website for whatever you want. But this is the promo we're offering right now for A.J. $50 off AJ's 90-day UFC access. What that means is 
every UFC event for the next three months. That's like, that's 90 days, right? Three months? Yeah. Every UFC event for the next three months, you get all of AJ's picks for all of those UFC events. Wow. Like, it's not like, oh, I'm going to buy your card because you have a card for these events. I'm not going to buy your card for Saturday or I'm not going to wait two weeks and buy your card for the next event. No, no, no. For the next three months of UFC events, you get every pick for AJ from AJ. And Ooh. we're going to give you $50 off that all access. So if you, you save $50 off of AJ's 90-day UFC access, use the promo code UFC50 at checkout when you go to buy that package. When's the next event? Saturday. Saturday night. Pay-per-view, baby. Pay-per-view? That's who, right. Who, who's fighting? Uh, main event is a lady fight between uh, Juliana Pena and Irina Aldana. Ooh. But the best fight on the card is Charles Oliveira and Benil Dariush. Okay. Well, this is as good a time as ever to get this 90-day UFC all-access. UFC 50 is the promo code at pregame.com. We will have a little preview of uh, that card coming up on Friday morning's episode. For AJ Hoffman and Mackenzie Rivers, I'm Scott Sattenberg. We are straight out of Vegas. AM. Yeah.